As you're listening to the following music selections, adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. Today's episode of Androids Dungeon, special guest in the studio, the man, the legend, the guy from the internet. <laughs> Talk about Breakout Con, printing and playing, JJB, back from, from it's not YYV, forget what the airport for Vancouver is, YYV, don't interrupt me, <laughs> stay tuned. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting out of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario, Canada, Milky Way Galaxy, blah, blah, blah. You can listen to us online at CFRU.ca, or if you're feeling masochistic, you can actually turn on the radio. <laughs> but who does that? What's a radio? Get off my lawn, old man. Wait, it doesn't make sense. It'll work for David. David turned on his radio, and here he is. That's right. Somebody actually, I actually listen to my radio a lot, but before we go any further, I'd like to send a very warm welcome to a uh, friend of the show, confirmed, uh, David. I don't know if you want to say your last name on here. To be honest, I forget what your last name is, but it's up to you. Kroll. Kroll. David, uh, before we go any further, I just want to point out that you are OG. You are CFRU alumnus. I am. Do you want to talk a little bit about that before we go any further? Sure. Uh, I was Schmert of <laughs> Jules and Schmert on cheese dip with Jules and Schmert. I just want to say that's like, what year was this? Oh my God, I'm terrible with dates. 80s? Uh, I think it was later than that. More, more recent than that. 90s, huh? You think that's yeah. fair? Yeah. That is a perfect, I'd say, era name for it's kind of like, a, I can almost hear toilet flushing sound effects. And <laughs> I'm not trying to say you're doing like sh shock jock stuff, but it's it seems appropriate. Well, we, we had a sampling keyboard and there was... <sighs> Man, we can if only. You guys are the guys that are messing around with this thing. <laughs> yeah. So, by the way, if things sound a little weird, uh, CFRU, we've fallen on hard times, folks. It's uh, the the government shut down yet. We're we're not dead yet. Um, the 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 government's out to get us because they they can't handle the truths we're spitting every week. It's like our a, Marxist nonsense. Our Marxist nonsense. It's uh it's like pump up the volume. And I'm Christian Slater and. Uh, you're Christian Slater and David's Christian Slater. <laughs> We're all Christian Slater. Um, by the way, this show is called Android's Dungeon. Uh, a show about games, music, movies, whatever we want to talk about that particular day. Um, and I didn't get to finish my thought, but if it sounds a little weird, because Joel and I are sharing a mic, because uh, the station is only intended to be used, apparently, for two people, or at least this recording studio. So if it sounds odd, it's because I have to swing the mic over. We're doing a duet. It's, it's like, it's like um, a star is born. Oh, man. In that, in, that, in that situation, I'd definitely be uh, Lady Gaga. <laughs> is your nose bigger than mine? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, David, what have you been playing recently? Um, uh, print and play, uh, roll and write. It's um, not your Starfleet career because... Uh, the legal problems, but <laughs> basically your Starfleet career. Um, 
if you like dice roll, you better like dice rolling. This is an RPG. There is. Nope. Um, you you don't do any role play. It's a solo game. Um, a solo game. Yeah. So who are you up against? The game? Uh, uh, yeah, you're just uh, seeing if you get through your Starfleet career without killing yourself. <laughs> okay, so the goal is to survive all the way through their scenarios. What oh, would be no, some of no. the obstacles that no, you face? No, it's, man, it's, uh, it's just rolling dice. There's not... Wow. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a thing that somebody put on Board Game Geeks. And how that. long does it take? Oh, uh, 20 minutes, uh... Okay, so it's it, it's painless, quick little run through. Yeah, if you, you roll dice and you see basically, was I was I a vice admiral or was I a, yeah, a did, lieutenant? Did you make it all the way? Um, it's not too hard to make it past lieutenant, but uh, <laughs> um, you know if you've got some nice colorful dice from your copy of Sagrada or whatever. Is uh, there any rollover <laughs> like from the first game you maintain? Uh, not that I no, know. No, it's just a, it's not a rolling game. go. <laughs> <laughs> it, it looks like for people because. I'll be honest, it, when you showed me this piece of paper just a second ago, my eyes exploded because oh it looks God. very confusing to me. It looks like somebody said, you know what? Yahtzee's too simple the way this is laid out. Let's <laughs> let's add Star Trek and yeah. a bunch of columns and rows and Excel exploded all over it too. So I, I had a little trouble. Um, if I had read all the way to the very end to um, the final scoring, mm -hmm. I, I would have been fine. But yeah. I didn't because I kept thinking, but how does this work? Yeah. But how does this work? And, uh, so how does it describe the, the how a round goes? Because for the people who can't see at home, because this is radio, uh, there's a sheet here that has a bunch of uh, names and letters and various sort of English language things on the side, but then there's rows and numbers and columns here. So my, my understanding is I'm going to say this is Yahtzee style, toss some dice, choose which ones to keep, push your luck, go three times or something. Yeah, as I nod, sorry. Um, <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> so you've got a rank and a ship, and the ship is... Uh, uh, the various colored die uh, dice. Um, so you you go f through your ranks from cadet to grand admiral, and if you finish a mission, you get uh, a promotion unit. So a few promotion units, and you'll go up in rank. And as you go up in rank, you get a better ship, which means you have more and different dice. So uh, you can't start a mission unless you have a certain rank, and um, that will give you the the different colored dice that are required to have certain values to complete the mission, and then you'll get more promotion points, mm. and you'll go up in rank and have more dice. So since this is print and play, the dice you got to source yourself. Different colors. Yep. That's all it is. It's all is yep. it d6s? Yeah. Okay. Th this one's only d6s. Yeah. You could use um, what's that? The dice mass game that I've got. Quicks. Quicks has got different. Anyway, uh, I'm sure you could come up with some dice. And exactly. That's so the whole point of uh, games. Not very expensive. Is, so, is it print and play at its core, or is there an actual game? Um, it's. I think it's brand new, and the guy put it up a couple of weeks ago. Kind of I, play testing it now. I, yeah, I don't know what his plans are for it. It, mm. it might have been just sort of um, a sort of practice exercise. It's a neat concept. I don't know if I know of other games like this, DJ. I don't know about this specifically, but the roll and write genre has kind of exploded right now. Yes, and yes. I don't know, because a couple of guys, I think uh, between Dice Tower and Rado, I think they they both kind of said this is 
like the roll and write genre has reached. I don't know if we're at peak roll and write right now, but it's it's we're getting there, and that's not a problem as far as I'm concerned because the more options that are out there, the better, and the more people making creative spins on the genre and doing yeah. interesting things with it, the better because it's kind of like you're saying, are we at peak Euro? Because Euro games keep coming out, but you know, keep trying, do different things. It's but yeah. if a better question is a, is it fun? And b uh, would you recommend somebody playing this? And like, what's the the difficulty level of this? Like, what, who would this appeal to aside from people who know the difference between Picard and Kirk and will fight over it? Um, if you, yeah, you you were wondering if it was role playing, and it's not role playing, but in your head it could be right. And, and it's, it's dice role playing. Yeah, and um, uh, you're only competing against yourself. It's it's a solo game, but. Depending on your imagination, you're thinking, "Oh, I did make it past mm. lieutenant," kind of thing, right? Now, you know, you know a bit about Star Trek. Oh yeah. Would you, <laughs> would you be able yes. to maybe replace some of these generic terms with uh, names of lieutenants and uh, oh, vice admirals uh, that you know? I, I watched two episodes of Discovery last night, so yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm past the mic to Jack on this. <laughs> well, it's funny because I just watched the the last two Discovery episodes, and uh, like the one before it, I actually didn't mind. This one, I was snoozing through. The most recent one, I was like, "Oh my God, how much talking!" And they cram into an episode where this, the tensions are so high. And um. Lens flares? Wait, what's that? Lens flares? Oh my god! But that's that's all from Abrams. It's almost like yeah. as Abrams was leaving, he had this big box yeah. of lens flares, and some were falling out behind him. It's like yeah, you use them. It's fine. Uh, one of the geekiest things I could say. This the second most recent one was directed by Jonathan Frakes. I oh, that. I missed that. Yeah. Maybe that's why it's one of the better ones I've seen recently. I don't know. Tell them about your issue with the, with the show that you were talking about. Which one? Alex gave you a nerdy answer that explained it. No, that was from something else entirely. Okay. It's just I I get upset when I don't want to nerd out too much about Star Trek here because I could go on for a while. But it always drives me crazy how because I'm rewatching Voyager right now. And the show, is, the ship is supposed to be so much more powerful than all these Delta Quadrant fools, but they always get their ass handed to them in all these fights, and it drives me nuts. And I, I just don't—it drives me crazy how they—they they just sit there and uh, Next Gen did it too, where they'd be sitting there, and it's like they let somebody shoot them twenty times for like, what do we do? <laughs> it's like I don't know. Maybe we should respond or blow them out of the water. The the most nerdy thing with the most recent one for me was um, Time Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> they, they needed a time crystal. Like, it's, like, it's from and, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. The crystal <laughs> made out of time? <laughs> they didn't say. Yeah. And this, I don't know, In time, as soon as you introduce time travel, it's like, well, hold on, what rules are we playing by with time travel here? And yeah. whatever, without going too deep into it, it was an annoying episode as far as I'm concerned. And Like, what are your thoughts on Discovery in general? Do you, do you enjoy it? Do you feel like it's its own unique beast and, like, just ignore it? Um Taking a sort of a step back, um, Star Trek for me has always been a mixture of, oh, wow, that was a really neat uh, mm -hmm. concept, and oh, crap, that is so bad. <laughs> and uh, I've always just gone with that. Yeah. Some, some things are going to be better than others, and yeah. some things are, oh, my God, red matter again? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And that's always the problem with Star Trek, I find, more than others, because it's like it's soft, hard sci-fi where they're trying to sort of explain mathematically and like, oh, there's a system, there's a reason for all this stuff. But on the other hand, there's always just like, mm, chrono matter has interfered with our, I don't know, they just easily just write things off a lot yeah, of times. So. A bunch of cop-outs. Well, yeah, a bunch of deus exes. But, yeah. um, all right, so we have, what was, what was the name of this game for people who want to search it out? 
Federation Stellar Force. And it's always got the Star Trek font on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you have a color printer, you're in good shape. And you can do it black and white, but... Uh... You're going to have trouble with the uh, the red, green, and blue uh, uh, numbers. Uh, and black. Um, you might have trouble... Uh... All right, so you need a color printer then. Yeah. All right. God forbid you don't have 2019. color. 2019. Or, you, like most people, you just didn't fill up your cartridge, and now it's... Uh... Or take the bus to Staples. And... <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. So let's move the mic over to Joel. What have you been playing recently, Joel? I got in a game, as you know, of Spirit Island last night. But before I talk about that, because I know we've talked about it before, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to, and I didn't expect it to be doing this, but to Park Grocery. Uh, Park Grocery just opened up on London and something. Uh, London Gordon, right on the corner, it used to be uh, with the Grain Cafe. Wyndham? Yeah, Wyndham. I should know because, well, I don't want to give away my location to uh, my obsessed fans, but <laughs> I could probably throw a rock <laughs> at Park Grocery. Um, but yeah, so it's been there. It's been open for a couple weeks now, and I've kind of been avoiding it. wasn't really sure, you know, if it was going to be another one of these kind of kitschy Guelph breakfast places. But uh, we went in for brunch this morning, and I was pleasantly surprised. Affordable, massive... Uh, portions and really tasty yeah i would definitely check out park grocery if you're in the area ten dollars um, has been deposited into your <laughs> yeah and uh anyway moving on spirit island uh, have you played spirit island i have not oh it looks like fun you know about it though yep so it's a <laughs> it's a mean co-op it's pandemic turned up to 11 and it's uh, it's basically you are gods on a on an island, and you're trying to protect the locals and destroy the colonists, basically, uh, or scare them off. So Jack, we got a chance to try the thematic map. You know how the board's uh, kind of easy to understand on one side, and and then <laughs> kind of uh, realistic looking on the other. Yeah. So the thematic map uh, is harder in a couple of ways. One is that it's harder to know which region is which, but the other is that there are a lot more regions. So there's a lot more um, areas that you need to deal with, basically. But it, it didn't feel so much harder as it was, just kind of more interactive, because instead of just being like, well, it's this one and this one, because you have two on each. It's like, I have a ton of desert, so I need to focus on desert. And... Stefan over there has got a bunch of wetlands. Anything with wetlands is his problem, and that kind of thing. And I might have one or or none at all. What do you think about that? <laughs> well, did you have more fun with it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, 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 if only people could see what we have to do here with this this stupid mic. Um, I, I've for me, Spirit Island. It's I think it maybe the double sided thing. Have you played Azul, David? Um, Azul, do you know what, how Azul works? Yeah, so on one side of the board, you have, like, the training wheels version, which is, like, everything you're, is locked in. So it's like you have to put tiles in this place, and it's simpler. Uh, at the same time, it's also more restrictive. Where so you flip it over, um, you now have the open board where you can put things wherever you like as long as you obey the rules. So it's I think it's easier, but also um, easier to screw yourself over. So it's to me the sounds of uh, what you're describing are so there's more territory, so there's more opportunity to play around with the board because settlers can only do certain things in certain spots. So you now you have more options to kind of shove them into things that can, your opponents or your friends can help you with and they can't use things on. But at the same time, if you're not playing properly, then it's going to get worse and worse. So it's like everything is cranked up again, maybe? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, I guess the training wheels are off. And we, we were considering doing, um, there's three nations you can play against, Sweden, England, or Brindberg, Prussia. Um, and they basically, they all have kind of uh, things that they focus on. Maybe they build more towns, maybe they attack the locals more, that kind of thing. Um, but once again, we had somebody new. And every time you have somebody new, you don't want to crank up the difficulty. So right. uh, one of these days we'll get there. But we had uh, Derek, Derek, uh, I can't remember his last name, but he he's just joined the Guelph Board Gamers group. And I think okay. he just moved here. And yeah, he, he had a good time. And <laughs> actually, I left after the first game and he stuck around to play another one with Stefan. So obviously a fan of the game. Uh, we'll have to have him on sometime. Dave, what else have you been playing other than uh than the star trek solo game hopefully with something with somebody else <laughs> um <laughs> at uh breakout con whoa stop 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 breakout con what's that <laughs> uh, i'm so glad you asked <laughs> um i don't know how many years it's been running in toronto um isn't it supposed to be like i don't know if it's ontario's but at least toronto's longest running uh, board game convention or something along those lines which I, isn't saying much but i don't know i wouldn't be surprised i'm looking it up i'm listening to you though. okay um i went uh, with my daughter for the um play testing of other people's games oh neat and uh we play tested two games and one was pretty good and the other one needs more work mm -hmm. uh the other people i was playing with were other uh, game designers. Um, I'm not a game designer. <laughs> Am designing games, but not, I, oh, that's I cool. Shouldn't really say it that way. Um, so the the first game was um, uh, Prisoner of War Stalag setting, uh, card game, um, competitive despite uh, thematically your your fellow prisoners of war. Your prisoner. Yeah. Um, you're competing for limited resources. You're not actively conspiring against each other. Okay, so it's it's survival of the most adept. Yeah, but not necessarily uh, trying to get more points than somebody else. Yeah, um, you you are trying to get uh, a couple of prisoner cards to escape. Hmm. Uh, I think it was four. The the end condition is um, getting four prisoners to escape, but you might have more victory points because you got three and they fit, Okay, so they four, fit of your you, mission. four of you get out, and how many players does it run to? Um, there were four or five of us playing. Um, it's it's not um, published yet, um, hmm. so he was always talking about, yeah, we changed oh, this and we might change this, and uh, it, it had been um, themed for spies at one point. So there's no PRWs. death or player elimination or anything like that? Um, you have uh, cooler counters, which is fun. Um, they actually have uh, baseball gloves and uh, baseball <laughs> on the counter, nice. like um, the Steve McQueen character <laughs> in The Great Escape. Uh, and there were a lot of Great Escape references. Um, so you are trying to get your... Uh, you're competing for tunneling resources, um, intel resources, uh, food, and miscellaneous supply, I think it was. So the counters come out of a bag, and there's only so many of each color, like, um, what's the dungeon one? Uh, Clank. Clank, thank you. <laughs> um, and uh, if you are in alpha barracks, you get to choose first, and then there's uh, Baker and 
Charlie Barracks. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and then uh, you're you're putting down um, one of six cards that everybody has as your priority. Like if you're the tunnel digger, then you're going for the tunnel points. And there's some really neat uh, game theory stuff about, for example, if you are bribing the guards this turn, um, that's fine. But if somebody else bribes the guards, then there's a problem of the commandant notices that there's a lot of bribery going on, so that's a real problem. You get thrown in the cooler by getting a cooler token, and if you get too many, then somebody walks you out into the woods because you're too much of a problem. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sorry. (laughs) But we're starting with the prisoner of war theme, so... Yeah. Well, it sounds cool. So you recommend that one, the other one not so much. Did you get a chance to see any releases of official games? I'm not sure. What's going on at Breakout here? We didn't uh, We didn't stay long enough. Um, we walked around the, the vendors a little bit. Um, I guess we saw, um, what is it, Gore, Gore Maximus, Maximum Gore, Gorius Maximus, something yeah. like oh, that. Yeah. Um, I see Randolph is there. That's cool. That's the big Montreal game cafe that I went to the Pandemic Nationals at. Um, and probably one of, still, because I've, you know, been to a couple, uh, probably my favorite game cafe I've been to. They've got those potions on the menu. You've been out like there to fun. Montreal? Uh, no, I have been to Montreal, but oh, not, okay. not, uh, not to Randolph. That's cool. Okay, Jack, if you're looking at the the schedule here, if you were to pick something to go check out, what would it be? Well, this was gonna what I was gonna ask you about, David. So, if you go to a conference like this, did you go expressly to try out games, or was it just you went there to see what was going on, and uh, and then somebody was saying, "Hi, I'm trying out this game. Do you want to sit down and help me?" And you're like, "All right, well, let's do it." Expressly to try out games. Interesting. My my daughter works for a game design company, and can and you say which? <laughs> Um, wow, I do you remember? It's just <laughs> falling out of my head. <laughs> it's all right. Don't worry. It'll come to you in a second. I'm uh, just looking over the stuff though. And broken th- things. Broken things. Yep. Is that the name of it? That's the name of the. All company. right, we'll check it out in a second here. Um, but I'm just going through. And I'm, I'm scrolling through all this stuff, and it looks like there's tons of uh, actual like games being played. But I'm also seeing lots of, as far as I can tell, uh, role playing stuff. And it seems like with conventions, and I've never understood this, and maybe you have some insight into this, why do people play role-playing games at conventions? It, to me, it seems like a bizarre s- situation and place to go and do what you are doing in your buddy's basement and just like go into a... I guess you could argue the same thing for board games, but it just seems like it's, board games are more mechanical versus the role-playing thing where it's like we're, we're pretending to be adventurers sitting around at a table here. My guess is for some people at least... They just don't have anybody. Oh, interesting. It's kind of sad now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and maybe they're coming in from a little bit out of town. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, but um, I personally have never played role-playing games. Not once. I, I have started some. Which ones? But, uh, oh my God, uh, the Marvel uh, Marvel one. Oh, all right. When I was really young, my dad had bought uh, something, uh, RuneQuest, I think it was. And he had some lead soldiers. And, oh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, our fantasy creatures. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my brothers and I watched him struggle to teach us the game, <laughs> teach teach himself the game, and then teach oh, us the man. game. And it just sort of, oh, man, we don't want to go through that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely. I'm just scrolling through here, and I'm just seeing tons of, it seems like, it, obviously a lot of games. And I did see some, 
uh, there's some 18xx, some people playing a bunch of train games, oh, yeah, or right. at least uh, hosting some of them, which would be a great place to learn them, because obviously if you're running it, somebody's hopefully knows how to play it. They didn't just set it up and say, well, let's figure it out. But yeah, definitely a lot of, it seems like a lot of high fantasy and um, role-playing games, but... You, you, you mentioned the um, the place in Montreal. There's a, a restaurant in Vancouver and now Toronto, and they had a booth and they were promoting themselves. They had this giant Jenga thing on the floor. And, what restaurant? Um, I want to say Stormcrow. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been there. I, w- I, had, I went to a poker tournament once there. Oh, yeah. my, brother, <laughs> my brother and his hockey buddies were running it. It was like a $20 buy-in, and I lost to a Royal Flush. You wouldn't believe it. How rare is that? Yeah. Nice. Um, I was gonna ask uh, if you were gonna go to Griffcon, and I guess I was just guessing that you were not gonna be one of these uh, people playing the Pathfinder. It looks like it's like seventy percent Pathfinder on the website right now. I, I've seen that in the past. There's a lot of Pathfinder. Um, my in the past. Um, <laughs> uh, my daughter plays Pathfinder. I haven't uh, played it myself. Hmm. I know we have a friend of the show, Mark, who has done our DMing for a bunch of Dungeon Dragon stuff. I think you could probably get him in here and start a fight about Pathfinder if uh, <laughs> you felt up to it. But who wants to get in a fight about Pathfinder versus D&D 5th edition? I'd like to hear it, but I don't want to start it, though. Um, all right. So why don't we take a break? We'll come back in a second, and we can have some further chats with David about some games and uh, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Nobody's business but the Turks. 
Welcome back to CFRU 93.3 FM. What you just heard was uh, Istanbul, or was it Constantinople? Or was it Istanbul? Uh, no, it was Constantinople um, by They Might Be Giants. Was that it? They Might Be Giants? Yep. Yeah. Uh, requested by our guest in the studio, uh, man from the internet, friend of the show, confirmed, David. An Istanbul fan player. Excellent. Well, that's something we can all agree on, that uh, Istanbul, I I was showing Joel that uh, I recently did my own homemade insert for Istanbul. This was a little bit ago, because I got tired of just like there's, when you got three expansions, three two expansions for Istanbul in the base game, it becomes a nightmare of sorting out which ones to th- add and which ones to remove, even though I think, was the most recent one, Letters and Seals? Was that the... Yeah, I don't have that one. I have the, the Mocha. Mocha Mocha's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Letters and Seals kind of adds, eh, like, do you, do you need that much complexity in Istanbul? But I guess if you've played the hell out of it, then you're like, boy, this is stale. Uh, but I love Istanbul. What do you think, Joel? It's general consensus that Mocha was a great expansion and Letters of Seal nobody was asking for and it was yeah. bad. I, I remember oh, reading harsh. it, but I can't remember where I read it. Yeah. Oh, well, Shut Up and Sit Down said the same thing. It's harsh. They were also worried about the, the representation. 86 yeah. men and no woman on the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the game. Oh, boy. Um, it's an alternate universe where women don't exist. <laughs> anyway. Um, I was going to say, uh, we were talking about terraforming Mars, uh, in between the show and, uh, we're, you know, doing that classic argument of, uh, is the game good or not? And, uh, I was thinking, um, shoot, I forgot what I was thinking about. <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to you. Yeah. Jack, what have you been playing lately? Well, I actually got to play at one of the, these games I've always wanted to try and everyone's seen them on the shelves or online, which is the, the Shem Phillips series of something of the North Sea. So you have raiders, explorers, shipwrights, right. blah, 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 blah. It seems like there's so many. And uh, it's, I think it's kind of confusing because the box art all looks very similar to typically some, like the art's cool, but you have some glowering uh, cartoon Viking on the cover of it and like very front and form. And then on the bottom, there's something vaguely related to whatever the game's doing. But I've always confused about which game does what. So uh, there was a sale the other day on Amazon that snapped up shipwrights of the North Sea. And uh, it came from all the way from England, and it costs the shipping was four dollars, which is insane. I can't ship something in Canada for <laughs> less right. than fifteen, and you got this all the whatever. I don't understand how it works. You have to pay customs. No customs. Huh. It's I don't even I don't understand any of this whatsoever. Do you do any shipping or receiving? Um, I don't order a lot of games. I'm I'm uh, ancient brick and mortar person Good most for you. of the time. Yeah. Um, I guess sometimes I get the store to order it for me and I, I feel like a dinosaur but um. there's nothing wrong with that if there was if there were places nearby that were a little more competitive I'd be interested in actually hitting them up if you're in Toronto there's no reason not to even though it's like brick and mortar style like 401 games board game bliss Meeple Mart they all have brick and mortar locations too so yeah. board game bliss is a pain to get to though. Uh, yeah great board games if you go on Saturday between 155 <laughs> and 2 or are something they in like London that. or where? Uh, they are in Waterloo. Waterloo. Oh, yep. I didn't even know they're in Waterloo. That's interesting. Yep. I've never been to their uh, location. Because if I'm going to Kitchener-Waterloo, it's J&J's. Pop into J&J's, right. stock through the yeah. sacks. And yeah. I like those guys. And uh, sometimes they're, like, their prices are kind of um, up and down. Like Sometimes you're paying an extra 5 bucks or something. Sometimes they're like, this game is out of print, and it's $5 cheaper than it would have been? I don't understand what's going on here. But And then were you, were you the one that posted a tip about the Cambridge toy place? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's... Um, 
it's not part of a chain. I don't think it's just the one of. Yeah. He wants to get uh, people in um, who are going to buy some board games and then buy some toys for their kids. Uh -huh. So the board games are just They're slightly above cost. Well, thank you for that. Yeah, because I think we've been there probably three or four Didn't times at least. Well, we picked up a uh, escape room last time. Uh, yeah, I definitely bought an escape room there, reasonably priced. He's he's feeding my exit. He's feeding my uh, Marvel Legendary habit. Uh, <laughs> Is that the deck oh, builder? I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. Speaking what can I do? Bad <laughs> anyway, so I got to try the Shipwrights game, and uh, I played it two players, and it's a lot smaller than I thought it was. I was, I was. It's again, it's a good example of Jack being confused about game he was buying. I thought it was being one about laying tiles and exploring these islands and stuff. No, this one is more of. It's like a. It's a bizarre fusion of like tableau building and uh, resource management where every player basically takes on a, a Viking clan or tribe and you have your own home board, which is nice. And uh, there's a draft that starts every round. So you draw um, three cards, or you draw uh, cards plus one more than whoever's playing. So we're doing three. And you take a card, pass them to the other person, and then that's that basically with two people. Um, and you have to play these cards in order to build ships. And as soon as you get four ships, the game ends. And some ships are worth points. Some ships are worth no points but are easier to build. Um, and they all provide bonuses or malices, like some ships. Because um, you need villagers to make these ships. You need the goods to make these ships. And there's storage limits for all these things. And some of these ships reduce your capacity to store stuff. So it makes it difficult to build ships later on. Some of them increase your uh, worker generation and other things. So there's a little bit going on. It's not as complicated in that sense. What's complicated is the game is bloody difficult. Uh, I sat down and started and I was thinking this will take half an hour max. I'm pretty sure it took us an hour and a half uh, or something ridiculous because there's take that cards in the game and at two players it's like somebody just walked by and threw a wrench into your machine and, and it slows down completely because the way it works in order to build ships you need to have very 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 specific combination of cards. <laughs> And you have these craftsmen that you're only allowed four of. And this is something that I, I cannot figure out for the life of me why the game has such strict rules. But it's almost like it's like you have to learn how to play it properly type rule. You're never allowed to replace. So if you're at your max, I'm sorry, you can't replace any of the people you've hired. You've already started building these boats. You can't stop it and turn around and build a different boat because um, you no longer have the ability to build this stuff. But for some reason, you can swap out. Um, I believe the resources so it's generous with that but not with other things so you end up in a situation where you're actually hoping you draw one of these cards like an assassin so you can kill one of your workers which doesn't work like you can't use anymore because you need a different type of worker for this ship and there's stuff where you're stealing resources and you're raiding other people for gold and it's thematically appropriate but it just and turned into this this meat grinder of an experience where by the end I knew Kayla was going to win and I was just trying to end the game as quickly as possible because it was so frustrating and it's a game that I think completely fails at two players or should have you have to remove some things or the rules just don't work like that but it's been a while since I played something and I thought this I don't get it. This Is this a mess or is it me? But I think it's just, it's not a bad game, but it's a game that makes you have to play it a very, very specific way. And it, there's no mercy if you're playing according to the rules. Like, you need to know exactly what you're doing. And for walking into a two-player game that I thought was going to be light and airy and friendly, it's like, uh-uh, friend. This is not that type of game. Do you think, because uh, I know that Raiders was huge back at, back at home, uh, probably around Christmas time. Um, 
do you think maybe jumping straight into shipwrights, maybe shipwrights is building on it and it's making it a little more complicated for the people that thought Raiders was too easy? Have you played any of these? No. Do they integrate with each other at all? No. This is, it's complete standalone. And to be fair, it came with an expansion that was made, I don't know if this kickstarted or not, but the expansion maybe loosens some of the the restrictions on the game. But who plays with an expansion like in your first game? Right. immediately adding all that stuff that's crazy talk nobody does that so i'm not i'm not saying it's a bad game i'm saying after my first play i'm scared of it (laughs) and it's (laughs) and it might be trade fodder but i don't know what the story is so anyway shipwrights in north sea um i don't know what to say of it except for the fact that i I walked away thinking this is not what i signed up for whatsoever uh what do i give it i give it uh with one play i give it um four rusting uh viking machetes or axes stuck into the shoreline out of 20. <laughs> wow. it was just i couldn't figure it out what, for life of me um on a more positive note um if anyone knows jack a little bit uh he's fond of his japanese games <laughs> and uh if you get if you get a samurai in front of me we're in business folks <laughs> those are those guys are cool and then you also know that I love Dark Souls uh, by From Software. Are you familiar with the... Uh, the have you played any of the games? Uh, I'm not familiar with the video game. Yeah. Um, my daughter has the board game. Oh, okay. Interesting. Does she like it? Yep. Oh, interesting. Good. Um, I don't know anyone who owns it. I think she's so. playing it a lot recently, too. Wow, good for her. I know the minis are incredible, but uh, that's all I knew. So recently there's been a game that came out by From Software in the same vein as their Souls games called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And the big deal is that it was a From Software game, so already you're excited if you give a, a thing about <laughs> those types of games. And uh, the, the type of gameplay is you take on the role of this samurai who, of course, has been betrayed by his master. Can you believe it? <laughs> and uh, he gets his arm chopped off, which is like, all right, that's interesting. But you get this nice wooden arm, <laughs> except it's a prosthetic that turns into other things. So you've got a grappling hook attached to it. And the combat's very similar to standard Souls types games where you it's all about... Uh, timing defense and timing your attacks and you can't just mash a button and hope for the best even though sometimes you can and it works Um, but you have this beautiful fluid game where you're running around and you're grappling hook all over the place and you're sneaking through the bushes and you're ganking fools from the the shadows kind of like Assassin's Creed style Um, but it is bloody difficult and I think it's because coming from the Souls games which I'm probably I'm half decent at because I play them a few times uh, this one feels different and and rewards all about parrying and timing your defenses perfectly because uh, the dodges in this game are, are bad. In, in the other games, you would just like mash and you're just rolling all over the place like a silly fool. In this one, you get maybe one roll if you're lucky, and then after that, they're going to catch you, and that's, oh boy, here we go again, I'm dead. But that's the main gimmick is that if you die, you get a second chance right away. And then you're, you're it kind of leads to situations where it's like, oh, somebody got you, and you're lying there, and it's like the screen's getting redder and redder. It's like, how long do I push? And he walks away, and you kind of pop back to life, and you run up behind him and stab him in the back again because you <laughs> dummy. <laughs> You thought you killed me, you fool. So that's the shadows die twice. Exactly. You're, uh, you're, you get a second chance to die. You get a second chance, and then you can rebuild that chance by murdering fools again and uh, other stuff. But it is, it is a very difficult game, and if you like the the um, the genre of games, which I guess, uh, I don't know, like action RPGs and the, the setting, then I would say give it a shot. I don't know if uh, people will hop right into it if you're... Um, if you're just walking through the store and you see a picture on the, sh- or you see the game on the shelf, pick it up. I think you're going to be very uh, shocked at the difficulty. 
Is this one still sort of uh, dark fantasy? Are you killing monsters or are you killing humans? A lot of humans, but there are, like, almost immediately there are monsters. Like, I just stabbed a giant snake in the eye, so there's that. <laughs> and then there's... But it's just, there's something about the Japanese take on the mythology that is vi- almost more horrifying to me than other things because they their their take on ogres um which and their take on these hulking brutes there's something that just seems more viscerally violent and brutal in which maybe you could argue because the the era of the game is supposed to take place and is just a lot of wanton violence and destruction but um as opposed to i guess the more western take of the medieval um brutality which seems like yeah it's bad but you know it was just mass slaughter and uh, disease and that versus the more gruesome take that the Japanese do but uh, do you play any video games David um, no um, more likely to play uh, like a, a strategy game or a simulation game or oh like what uh, I don't have to beat anybody <laughs> yeah like so you just want to play against a computer yeah um, uh, I want to succeed in other words yeah um, uh, transport tycoon oh interesting now, transport tycoon, you're not driving a truck in that, right? You're just setting up the lines and... Uh, setting up lines of um, trains, trams, trucks, uh, ships. Um, there's uh, some interesting stuff out there that other people have made, too. There's a post-apocalyptic one. <laughs> that sounds kind of cool. I tried one that was uh, supposed to be Planet of the Apes, but I don't I don't <laughs> get it. I don't. Are there any apes? Exactly. There's... <laughs> there's there's something I'm supposed to pick up in the <laughs> trivia that means something to somebody, but it doesn't mean anything to me. Are you playing the Apes fan? Uh, well, I, yeah. Kind you know of, the I movie. Guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. The movies, yeah. Um, oh, I guess I, I have to um, own up to buying um, a crossover comic, um, <laughs> classic Star Trek Planet of the Apes. What? Crossover. <laughs> yeah. I, I bought the first one and forgot about it. <laughs> when did this come out? Uh, it's relatively recent. There are so many crossovers these days. Uh, would this be like modern Planet of the Apes, though, where they've got Caesar for some reason hanging out with Kirk? Or uh... Uh, I think it was classic hanging out with Kirk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned you like these these types of games. You call them strategy games. For me, it sounds more like a logistical sort yeah, of. Yeah, um, y- you're right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what other economic uh, simulations. Yeah, what other sort of zombie apocalypse mods people have uh, made for it. Uh, the zombies a genre that uh, appeals to you? Uh, maybe I'm getting kind of sick of it. I, where I shouldn't mention that I'm wearing my uh, Walking Dead uh, lucky underwear, but um, <laughs> I guess I, I did watch uh, Walking Dead, uh, the most recent episode, uh, so I'm still sticking with that. I think I'm two behind, or two seasons. I saw a meme the other day that said, you know, the latest episode of Walking Dead was shocking to the four people that still watch the show. <laughs> I think that kind of sums up. I know that uh, Sam's uncle and his wife still watch, and they're pretty much the only people I know, it, aside from you, apparently, that's still watching the show. I don't hate the show. It's just I don't. I haven't tuned in in a while. It's uh, yeah, it's it's the same. Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. even know if it's the same necessarily. For me, it's just it's kind of depressing. It's like I can only. Oh, I've, yeah. I've got so much. I feel sad enough, and I don't. <laughs> I don't want to turn into a TV show and have You're like just some some brutality for the sake of it, or some like, ex- yeah, you know that character you didn't mind. <laughs> you got betrayed horribly, and everything you like died. How do you like that? It's like, thanks. <laughs> Gonna go play Samurai now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Game of Thrones. Like, if you like someone, <laughs> watch uh, out. Yeah. But, all right. 
for at least at Game of Thrones in the initial seasons, they they made an attempt to like earn that all the trust there. The yeah. new the new stuff soon they've gone off book, and even as they were on book in some of these situations here, it's the writing became so poor that it was like why why do I care about this person? This is just betrayal for the sake of betrayal. This is just you trying to crush my dreams for the sake of doing it. This is you haven't earned any of this. Um, like in the very first like all right, it's big spoiler. It's been out for a while. I don't care. But when Ned Stark was betrayed initially, you're like wow. That's a big deal. Like I, I yeah. earned you earned that, and because especially how often was it like a lead? Like well, Sean Bean always dies, but like a lead character, you've well, been the f- full season was pretty much just about him. Yeah, exactly. And then oh, uh, he gets betrayed by the man who, of course, <laughs> on the <laughs> CIA betrays him and cuts and gets his head cut off. And it's like wow, that's dramatic. That's horrible. But it's like you earned it. It, it worked. It wasn't just rushed. And it was. And then in the newer stuff, it's like yeah, whatever. Someone's gonna die. Big deal. I don't care about any of these characters because the writing's so poor. But are you a fan of Game of Thrones? Um, I haven't seen the most recent season. Yeah. Um, I think I read the first book. Okay. I was meant to get to the other ones, but I never did. Fair enough. I think that's what most people probably are into. And even though you can skip an entire book, but whatever. Do you ever read the Walking Dead comics? Are they any better? Yes. Um, I think I read one or two. Um, I didn't get very far into them, no. So I've noticed, I mean, you're wearing a Flash t-shirt and your initials are DC. <laughs> but you're talking a lot about Marvel. I am. So which which one is it then? I like them or both. You, you don't mind yet. But do you do you read a lot of comics? Yeah, I do. What did you think of the new 52? Oh, how far did I get into that? Um... <laughs> you're starting a lot of things here. <laughs> um... I can't remember which ones are uh, New 52. Um, I have a lot of DC Heroes deck builder. Oh, yeah. Uh, now we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I happen to have all of the DC yeah. deck builder. So you were talking about Legendary. Yeah. So obviously you're a fan of, of deck builders. Yeah. Uh, do you like Legendary on the theme or the, <laughs> or the gameplay? Because I get really frustrated when a deck builder takes... T- uh, another one I can think of is... Um, Shoot. Uh, well, <laughs> I have my memory. Too. But legendary, well, the functionality of you can use this card. Oh, it's that uh, Lords of Underdark. Remember the one we played? Yeah. Uh, where a card has um, double currency or triple two currency. currencies. Yeah. Right. So you can use it to attack. Or you can use it to buy. And sometimes you'll need one type or the other. And you're building a deck towards right. a balance, obviously. But some scenarios, you'll draw five cards, and you really wanted to buy something that was on the lineup, and you happen to have an attack thing, and there's there's not much out there to, to swing at. And then right. you get a hand the other way. It's super frustrating for me, whereas DC has the single currency. Um, I do like, however, um, <laughs> just going into, I'm just going to lay it all out there and then let you respond. <laughs> I do like um, deck builders, on the other hand, where the card has do this or this. Because it gives you some flexibility, yeah. and one of exactly what I'm thinking, you know, is uh, the tomb one, uh, Valley pyramid, of Valley of the Kings. Have you ever played that? No. That's oh, beautiful. So basically, every card has the power or the ability, right. and you have to pick what you're going to use it for. What do you think about that? <laughs> um, I don't know. Uh, I don't. Uh... I'm not great at any of these games. I, I don't have uh, really high standards. I just want to want to play them. 
Um, but you you should like when you play them enough. Like let's yeah. say Marvel Legendary. How many times do you think you've played it? Oh, uh, thirty. Um, what what draws you to it? What what a, what part of the game appeals to you? Is it the simplicity of the idea of like you're making this deck better, like you're improving something and you're weeding out the the crap, or is it the the theme? You really love the idea of like throwing the Incredible Hulk to yeah. fight uh, Thanos or whatever. The theme would probably be the the strongest thing. It's about um, my son, the uh, the fan, and I grew up with a lot of these mm-hmm. comics and uh, being able to. Um, not exactly role play, but role play. Right. Um, one thing about uh, DC Heroes, uh, the the man who designed the um, Prisoner of War setting game that we were playing, he was also uh, a DC Heroes deck builder fan. Hmm. Oh, and we were just talking about the, um, the sort of you're competing, but you're you shouldn't be competing because if everybody's here, why are you competing kind of thing? Good point. Um, And obviously there were the crisis expansions. I don't know if you played those, but you all worked together to defeat a really hard set of supervillains. Yeah, I think I've got two of those here. Nice. Um, I have a big question because for me it's, well, I won't say, um, but there's four base game DC games right now, right? There's, uh, what is it, uh, the original one, which is like the Justice League. Yeah. Then there's Heroes Unite, and then there was uh, Teen Teen Titans. Yeah. Oh, before that was Forever ones? Evil. Yeah, Forever, Forever Evil, which yeah. is insanely hard. But anyway, if you had the choice, I don't know if you've played all of them, but if you had the choice, which one are you getting out? Um, I might start with the basic one because uh, I need to refresh, and it's been a little while. Yeah. Um, but uh. I haven't played with Forever Evil as much, so I'd want to do that. Yeah, too. Forever Evil stuff. It's just basically every hand you're having to choose what you want to destroy if you want to get something good, you know. Not to mention, there's just a plethora of attacks out there. And uh, I think I have a couple of the expansions I haven't actually played yet. So oh I really yeah. Should play oh, the those. little crossover packs. Yeah, Birds of Prey. Oh, Birds um, of Prey with Teen Titans is fantastic. We don't oh, yeah. play Teen Titans straight up anymore, but it's no. <laughs> getting too deep into it here. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan. Uh, Jack, not so much. Uh, I've, I've heard that the Teen Titans Go is kind of fun. Teen Titans Go, the card, like in the game. Um, it's um. It's a sort of a, is it a dual game, but you can use the cards in the main game or something like that? Or Confrontation or whatever it is? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, what is it called? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, oh, DC, oh, look at that. See, oh, it is Cryptozoic. Yeah. My collection isn't complete. Can you, can you, say, can you say, Jamie, can you pull that up for me? Jamie, can you pull that up? Yeah, pull it up, Jamie. <laughs> so Jack's brought up uh, Teen Titans Go deck building game. And Cryptozoic, I used to be such a hardcore fan of the DC series that my board game geek profile is Joelazoic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people can track me down on Board Game Geek and rail on my opinions, but uh, DC does have a 10. DC 2, Heroes Unite, because I think that's the perfect, perfectly balanced game. Okay. Uh, DC 1 has some cards that are a little too strong. I don't know. You, you know uh, the Superman card yep, I've... is what is plus three and take every superpower from your team. Yeah. <laughs> it's just for eight. And then there's a 12 cost in there, a supervillain that's plus two and you can clear the lineup. So you can have two power for 12 
or you can have maybe <laughs> 12 power for eight. So there's, there's some imbalance there. We usually take them out, actually. Right. But uh, I think Heroes Unite was was the perfect deck builder for me, and that's we've been playing that for five years on and off. Um, for the legendary game, do you ever find that you just you'll rail up the difficulty and just play as if it's a co-op? Because I know that that's yeah, we're um, we're always playing as a co-op. Really. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, what's your what's your go-to team? You think? Um, it's more about what haven't we tried because we haven't tried them all yet. Oh yeah. Um, but there's like 12, 15 expansions for that, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's the most recent? Oh, we got the Ant-Man one pretty recently from that <laughs> store in Cambridge you were talking about. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. You should check it. Jamie, Jamie, pull up my profile so we can look at my 10s. <laughs> All right. What do, you, what do you think about this? So while, while this scintillating conversation with DC Deck Builder was going on, I looked up Joel's profile. Do you have a board game profile? I do. Oh, cool. We, maybe we can compare and contrast in the dying minutes of the show. Uh, so Joel's, he's got, um, you got a lot of tens on here. Holy smokes. <laughs> this is pretty old, but you know what? I'd still stand by these. So we have Vance Civ, uh, with a 10 out of 10. Agricola, 10 out of 10. Captain Sonar, 10 out of 10. <laughs> Codenames, 10 out of 10. DC Comics, deck building game, Heroes Unite. Second one. 2014, wow. Uh, 10 out of 10. Gloomhaven, 10 out of 10. Mega Civ, 10 out of 10. Twilight Struggle, 10 out of 10. Um... So, some solid tens around here. Look at how does is that geek rating? Is that the average geek rating on some of this stuff? That yeah. Gloomhaven is the highest. It's above Mega Civ and Advanced Civ with eight point six. But that have you played Gloomhaven? No. Have you played Advanced Civ? Mega Civ? No. Do you, you want to play? Actually, yeah. After hearing you guys talk about it, yeah. I, I, Are you coming out to Griffcon? Um, is it going to be fourteen hours or? No, God, no, 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 no. If if it was eight or nine hours, I would say that's on the far end of stuff. I I played. Um, For, yeah, what fourteen hour game were you talking about? Uh, well, I, I don't thought say I could Twilight <laughs> Imperium. Uh, he's right. Mega Civ can go to fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Hours. Uh, Sorry to interrupt. That's me. what I thought you said the, uh, in in previous games or something like that. It, it's we have had one where we did. Um, it was uh, it was up at the cottage, I think, and that one just went forever because we made a mistake and we did the expert side of the the board which requires it's that's for believe it or not people who've played the game a few times unfortunately we thought we were tough guys and we were not tough guys <laughs> the game just dragged but uh, no it's we had one game where how many people at your birthday uh seven people i think we, we've gone down to like six hours and that's because once people know what they're doing uh yeah. things get a lot faster and that's six with like setup and takedown too almost so it's like it, things can be really quick as soon as you and as long as you got somebody on board with like managing the administrative stuff and like the, right. the goods and all that but tremendous stuff what's uh what's your username let's look you up wwfsmd wwfsmd yeah interesting what, what would the flying spaghetti monster do. Ah, <laughs> look at that. You've even I got... it was like World War... <laughs> World War Federation. Suck. <laughs> um, wow, you've, did you buy these micro badges or did you use them when you got your free ones over the break? Uh, free ones. Nice. Mm -hmm. So Summoner Wars. Talk about Summoner Wars because I actually want to hear that. Um, you've, got, you've got Summoner Wars fan on here. Describe the game for people. We've only got uh, about three minutes left on the show. Okay, it's um, definitely two-player. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a uh, deck of cards. Uh, there's, are there dice in it? Oh, it's been a little while. <laughs> um, but... Some fan you are, David. <laughs> Take his badge away. <laughs> My gatekeeping license. Um, 
different factions, uh, fantasy factions, so uh, dwarves and, and ogres and uh, orcs and things like that. Um, but what do you do with it? So you have a deck of cards. Is it a deck builder? Uh, it's not really a deck. I'd say no. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're trying to get the other person's summoner, so their, their magic leader. And uh, if it, it feels a little like chess, it's not really like chess, but you're trying to get the other person's king. Um, and uh, there's some obstacles on the board, and some of the races can have can put more obstacles. Uh, but it's a, a little asymmetric in terms of what the different races right. have. Um, I I basically got it because I thought my son would like it, and yeah, we we played it a lot together. But it has been a while. Uh, now, is there an actual board to it, or is it just cards? It's it's cards you're playing on the board, so they t- they're taking up a space. Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're getting magic points sometimes by discarding uh, creatures you're not going to use, mm-hmm. and um, the more magic points you get, the more you can spend those points by attacking the the other player. Um, but yeah, you're you're putting the cards on the board uh, and um, just attacking people orthogonally and not diagonally, um, and it's all to one. E- each uh, each battle you're winning is only by one point kind of thing. Oh, okay. Um, because it's one point by discarding one card you're not going to use, you're getting one extra magic point, and then you can use that to buy. So I've noticed a theme in these games you're recommending or talking about, and that for, you're playing a lot two players, correct? Yeah. Do you seek out games specifically that are two players, or is it something that scales nicely with two that's ideal to you? Uh, yeah, either. Um, if I can play it with more, um, playing a, a two-player game or a game that plays well at two players with my right. wife is is uh, something we did a lot. Um, if I can play two, two or three player with my kids, that's mm-hmm. great. Um, had a regular game night that isn't going on quite so often. Um, and it's how many people would show up for that. And sometimes it might be two. Yeah. Um, all right. And the other thing, have you played Tash Kalar? No. You might want to look into that because it sounds like it could be up your alley. It's a lot of Chavadal. I can never, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his last name properly. Um, sounds right. That is very similar to kind of the idea of what you're describing with Summer Wars, where it's two mages basically fighting each other, but you're summoning uh, uh, summoning creatures that are fighting each other by arranging things in a grid that matches a particular sort of right. um, uh, formation. And then when you achieve that formation, you've created that monster, and you're trying to block your opponent from doing the same things, and you're attacking them. Um, I think you might be interested in it. It's a little Very more complicated, likely. but you should give it a shot, and it's a two-player game. Although oh. I think it scales up to four, but everyone just says it's like, why? Well, it's just like through the ages. It's like, no, this is a three-player game, maybe max, but it's a two-player game at its core. But anyway. Um, oh. Wow. Another smooth exit start. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, before we go, uh, Mega Civilization at GriffCon is April 6th, and it looks like we're at five of seven players. So if you're again, eh, I'm not sure, probably time to sign up. Sign up, folks. We'll, we'll be here to guide you. We'll make it easy. We'll, the first taste, uh, not necessarily free, because <laughs> GriffCon is charging admission, but it's, it's not a lot. Um, if you have any interest whatsoever, because we've talked about the show on the show a lot, 
get in now. I guarantee the slots will not be there by April 6th. So if you're interested, sign up. Aside from that, I'm Jack. I'm Joel. David. Thanks for coming to the show, David. Have a good day. It was fun.